everybody. Welcome back to Point of Origin, episode 73. I'm actually genuinely surprised we're getting up this high now. Uh, the show where uh, the only joke about this episode is that the best part about it was the guest star and the fact that for some, some fucking reason, of all the episodes during filming, Kurt Russell decided to visit the set during this one. There's nothing in, like, the the trivia. He had to know somebody involved in this episode. That is all the trivia cared to give me. It said right here. says, <clears throat> Kurt Russell, who played Colonel Jack O'Neill in the original Stargate movie, visited the Stargate command set during filming of this episode. Did he only just now find out the show was going on? Uh, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe he wanted to see make it. imagine four years after the show started, someone finally telling him, hey, there's a show based on that movie you did no, with I figured it out. Spader. Speaking of Spader, I figured it out. <laughs> Spader had been telling him for years that they had made a show off that crap movie they made, and he thought it was a joke. Because <laughs> it's Spader. So, uh, and then he realized... And was like, oh care. shit, I, I should go see this. Man. <laughs> and uh, it was just in time for Marina Sirtis to not be on the command set. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, some people just don't have any luck. Yeah, honestly, that's his bad luck to miss out on her. I don't really yeah, know exactly. if she that's, cares well, one way or the That's obviously what I meant. <laughs> cool. I just wanted to make sure everybody was on the same page Okay. Uh, well, I'm Mel, and Liz is taking a drink of water. <laughs> the timing there was impeccable. <clears throat> And I'm Liz, <laughs> and I'm no longer thirsty. <laughs> and today we are covering season four, episode seven, Watergate, which was written by it was it's the team we normally get. Uh, Robert C. Cooper wrote it, and Martin Wood directed it. Like when Robert C. Cooper writes, they usually have Martin Wood directing for it. It is a very good thing that Robert C. Cooper wrote this because it would be even worse from now him. on anytime someone says wow you're such a fucking simp for this guy i can go no <laughs> i have an example of some truly abysmal work of his so no i acknowledge his flaws thank you very much no seriously i i i need, I need these moments to keep me in a reasonable frame of mind so right? that every now and then when i'm like getting super fangirly i can go like wait 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 okay am i can i be reasonable about this no 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 he he, he has his moments he, he he has he has bad writing it's good it's fine <laughs> <laughs> yeah i will say not getting too into it because we'll get into it when we actually talk about the details of the episode this is the weakest episode i've seen from him so far um i don't have quite as much of an issue uh with it as you do what it I it's still definitely his weakest episode. Um, and I think the hugest weakness is in like the ending, in that it doesn't really have have one. one. Uh, yeah. But I really, genuinely, especially because of the ending, feel like this was a case of Brad Wright and Glassner, the showrunners, going to Robert C. Cooper and saying, "Hey, we need an episode with these things in it," and then him having just to just to hit the show time, the runtime. He was like, "Okay." <laughs> There literally is a note on this. There is a trivia point on this. Oh, yeah. It doesn't say what their intention was, so it doesn't mm -hmm. fix the problem whatsoever. But yeah, no, there's a reason why it has no ending. It's because that scene wasn't intended to be the end. Yeah, it really feels like it wasn't. Yeah, he was, yeah that's why it feels like, like oh, okay, oh, okay, abrupt, much. Like, literally, it's because he says that, and I guess there's supposed to be a full-on scene or two after that, but they didn't include it for some reason. Of course, all it does is make me 
desperately curious. I just want about to know what happened. Yeah, what happened? What was supposed to be there? Why couldn't it be there? I know that goes back into the first question of what happened, but there had like, hmm. I'm just. I have so many questions. I honestly feel like if he'd been given two episodes, he could have made this into one of his stories. You know, but I feel like. And obviously I'm making assumptions because we don't know it. You know that like that wasn't supposed to be the end of the episode, but that's about all we know about when it comes to that. It really does feel like the showrunners went, hey, we need you to bring the second gate back into into the story and we need it to involve the Russians. Now, that part I definitely agree with because the setup, even like with last episode, even with it being just more of a fun episode. Mm hmm. I always forget that last episode actually is meant to set up some stuff because it feels like it's just a funny little filler right. episode, but it actually has There's a lot of effects. things in it, yeah. Well, yeah, it actually has an effect. It, it actually has a purpose. There we go. There's the word I'm looking for. <laughs> this one actually serves a purpose as well. It's meant oh, to yeah. set up a whole it's bunch of shit. It's setting a lot of things up, which I, it feels like an assignment. <laughs> We often say, oh yeah, this should have been a two-episode thing. I think we say that too much sometimes. Like, well, it can't always be a two-episode thing. Oh, no. I think we're just, we want too much. And I'm acknowledging <laughs> that because we do. Absolutely. Now, with that in mind, I feel like somehow this still could have been a, an easy enough one episode. Oh, you know, yeah, you still would have sacrificed a whole bunch of shit, but it would have been fine. Like, you could have had, like, another window of opportunity kind of thing where, for example, we weren't critiquing it for not having Malachi's story, but we would have loved to have more... Of that yeah. fleshed out. Sorry, not his story, but his um, his loops. Yeah, yeah, his loops. So, like, you, I, I, again, I, I don't have the answers here, but, like, they sacrificed already a ton here. For example, they don't tell you fucking shit about what you're actually dealing with. No. <laughs> and that's not, and that's on purpose. That is, um, I, I did realize that that's something that Cooper does. In oh, that yeah. the sense of they give him a concept and he literally just writes the concept, but he doesn't bother to answer the other questions because that's not the point no he's writing a single episode story yeah no that's beautiful that's exactly why he's such a prolific i'm guessing mm -hmm. uh, episodic writer this is not a critique this is a different skill set yeah, than absolutely. writing a movie because you can't mm -hmm. do they're not even remotely the same what yeah. i'm getting at here is, is um well you know like i mentioned before my favorite episode time without giving anything away it is a it's insanely good but i was realizing today just how much it mirrors this you know not in not in any way shape or form story-wise or crappiness or anything but it also involves a species that you literally learn nothing about mm -hmm. but that's that's fine that's the, that they're, yeah. they're, they're they're more of a device that's that's the whole point they're just there as a device and you think oh should this should be a flaw but it isn't if you can comfortably sacrifice the species that supposedly should be the point here and instead it's very easily made into just a device, you could have done that with something else and made this yeah. episode the setup it should have been as, as well as being the episode that it should have been. And I am sorry, but this is a woeful underuse <laughs> of Marina Sirtis. Oh, yeah, she should have been given any number of better episodes to be and this is like remember, do you remember how mad i was when she guest starred at orville and for some motherfucking reason i can't remember who else was in the episode with her but he got special guest starring and then like 50 fucking guest stars later in the three or four bracket down she it's <laughs> finally says marina sirtis and i'm like motherfucker you got a star trek actor on your wannabe star trek show and you mm -hmm. don't put her as a special guest star fucking bite me right what contract negotiation happened there anyway it's that kind of i have a really similar feeling here where it's like this is even more of her heyday yeah 
this is like peak Marina Sirtis time, and you got this. I mean, maybe that's all the time she could afford the show. Yeah, I know. I'm just mad. They they should have given her a better episode. Yeah. <laughs> that being said, she uh, she rocked the part that she was given. Oh yeah, she did great. I did uh just want to add my two cents on your uh you talking about the the way that he a lot of times doesn't answer questions, and I think an interesting way to um so he he and Heather Ash are my two favorite writers in this show, and they both have some similarities in the way they write, but what I think is interesting is that they both leave you at the end of an episode with questions. But his questions are usually from the things he just doesn't tell you. The things that he introduces, like, the barest concept of, and then just lets you wonder about it. Whereas Heather Ash, when she leaves you with a question, it's usually a question she put in the episode to leave you with. More like a morality question versus... Yeah, exactly. So she gives you, like, a conundrum, and he gives you a portal. Yeah, and I like... I like both of those elements of their storytelling. Yeah, this is why shows have more than one writer, is because mm-hmm. when so you have you a bunch of episodes, you need to, yeah. Uh, so with that in mind, let's go ahead and dive right into it. I don't think it's going to be a long episode, because like we said, there's no real ending to it. Nothing actually really happens in this episode. We get some setup, and that's about it. <laughs> so I know that he can do it well. And it could be said that's because he had 10 plus years of writing yeah. practice between this episode and time. Sure, fine. You could be reasonable <laughs> about it. Or I could just pretend that somebody seriously interfered with him here because well, they must have, it, it doesn't work as well here. It's supposed to be the end. Yeah, well, I, what I mostly mean by this, by that is, um, so in, like, in time, it makes sense why you don't need to know much about the aliens. This isn't a great example, honestly, for people who already have seen both that are gonna be like, uh, not really? Like, one of these is intelligent, the other might be, <laughs> who knows? Like, it's, it's, they're not meant to be on par here. My point yeah. I was going, at, going with was, here, if you're gonna make them sentient and make them a device, honestly, this one hurt. Do you wonder if, because you said that the one trivia bit you have is that the end of this episode is not was not supposed to be the end. Which, speaking of, I would think... I think at this point, can we say this is the most abrupt ending Stargate has had yet? It's almost like it's mid-scene. For, yeah, exa- it is. But do you think that maybe the reason whatever he had intended for afterwards was cut was because maybe the show was worried it was going to be too similar to the Blue Crystals? Because in the barest format of it, it's got a similar sort of setup. I mean, maybe, but if you're telling and me, and I'm saying the most basic format yeah, no, so, of it. So, it's so got not a to disagree setup. with you because I'm I'm not. But let's say we're let's let, let's go with this. Let's say we're going with this. Yeah, that would mean that they made the decision to sacrifice the story to avoid one element of redundancy. I don't know. Three man, seasons know. later. No, 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 no. Let's, let's just yeah. wallow in this for a moment because uh-huh. honestly, it tracks. It does. <laughs> Uh, so we open up, it's one of the rarer openings, it's not walking onto a planet, it's not in a briefing room, it's them about to head out to a planet, uh, and we are getting through their dialogue a basic explanation of why, from what I'm getting from it, they, on another expedition, found some people that needed to be relocated. 
So it's some sort of Tolan kind of situation where their current planet isn't habitable anymore, or maybe it's being controlled by the Golds. So they snuck these people out. Something. Doesn't matter. That's not the plot of this episode, but it's the setup for why they need to go through the gate right now. They've got people they need to relocate. Two things. Yeah. One, uh, da, da, da. Um, so when they're about to embark on their mission, the, the, the conversation involves the relocation relocation of the Incarans. That is going to be more important. That oh, actually... so it's coming up. I was, yes. I was like, yes, yeah, that's, that's part of that setup. That's part of my frustration with how abrupt the ending is. I'm like, wait, what the fuck happened with the Incarans? You said there was a time limit on them. Yeah, no, seriously, I feel like maybe that was the ending that was supposed... Maybe this episode was supposed to be more somehow more of a tie-in, or like, yeah, I, or maybe I tied like in that's... sloppily or something. Who yeah. the fuck knows? I don't... That doesn't really... Honestly, that doesn't really make sense either as an option. I just don't get why this one sucks. There had to have been something about the Incarans at the end of this episode that got cut. Maybe? Who knows? And maybe they cut it because they wanted to keep it all in whatever yeah, wherever may- it's coming Maybe shit got rearranged, because remember how we... um. I, I think it was last episode. It's, I can. I, it's literally. I could. I could record it two minutes ago, and I'd still forget. But I do remember Scorched Earth got switched around order wise. Remember, it was the other uh, duo. They the new guys. They wrote two episodes. Oh yeah, that this was one. That was that one of and Scorched. Yeah, that, yeah. yeah so, so it was window of opportunity. Yeah. So Scorched Earth was apparently written first, even though it was aired after. Yeah, so maybe, maybe they had to cut it because they're like, the Incarn stuff is going to be in this episode. Maybe, yeah, maybe shit just didn't make sense. Who the fuck knows? Who the fuck knows? Who the fuck knows? None of this makes sense because they didn't want it to, I swear. It feels (laughs) intentional. Anyway. Yeah, so yeah, that, so that that's so that's that. Um, that that is just a, it's just further proof that this episode was meant to be set up y something, but was yeah. not executed as well as Window of Opportunity because yeah, yeah. it has a it has a really similar feel after the fact that Window of Opportunity mm-hmm. did, which was more you know like the whole like hey guess what shit's coming, like it achieved that. So that's 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 a yay good job Robert C Cooper. Yeah. Now to praise the director. Because uh, I don't find I don't feel like I'm gonna be doing that as much in this episode. Not that that's his fault. It's just that There's this not a was, huge amount of opportunities they, they, in this one. I, honestly, even if he'd had good directing moments. I feel like there's a lot of shit left behind on the cutting room floor. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Or just so much shit cut around his work that you couldn't even, re- you, it wouldn't resemble it anymore. So, yeah, uh, I, I'm not dissing anything about the directing this episode because anything that I have a problem with, I genuinely don't know who to be upset with there. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know who to go, hey, what the fuck, to. Yeah, this is clearly something that got edited a lot. Decisions were made, and I do yes. not feel like they were made in the order they're usually made in. No. <laughs> uh, or ideally made in, I should say. Because I don't think anything actually counts as usual when it comes to production. No, it always no, sounds no. like shit's going down in some way or another. But the directing of the first scene was actually pretty good, I felt. It was exposition-y, obviously, and the opening was as, ab- as abrupt as the ending was, as in it's like literally feels like it's mid-conversation, mid-kind of scene. However, here it it's intentional and it's well done. Yeah. yeah. No, this, it, unlike the ending, this makes sense and yes, feels absolutely. like it was the intention. So mm-hmm. it's, it's really just a good way of showing how, what you should do and versus what you shouldn't do. This is, again, I'm always making that joke, this should be shown in like film school, but this, like seriously, like the beginnings and the endings of this should be shown in film school. As a should and a shouldn't. Yeah, it's <laughs> <laughs> like how the beginnings and endings of Mortal Kombat, the newest one, should be shown only to show what a good, amazing actor like Hiroyuki Sonata is. Like, show, like not that the guy who played the main character, not that he's not awesome too. He was he was awesome in Badlands. I'm I'm, I'm not going to discount that. Uh-huh. But 
Hiroyuki Sonata was amazing, and his fight scenes are, like, the best fucking part of that entire goddamn movie. And so, of course, naturally, it's the first, like, five minutes and the last five minutes. You should show those in film school and be like, this is what you do. You ignore the other two hours of film, (laughs) (laughs) and you just do this. And then this episode should be shown, which is, this is how you do abrupt. This is less so. This is what happens when other things happen. (laughs) But, yeah, no, I I just, I I did like the directing. It felt longer-ish. Again... I don't know if there were supposed to be long shots in this one. I don't even know if there were that I missed because, again, I just, I'm going to say again a lot here because, again, I wasn't really looking for directing in this episode. I kept forgetting about it because I was too confused about what the fuck I was watching. I It really does feel like a hacksaw was taken to this episode yeah, for editing. I, I, I'm, try, I'm, I'm going back now and it's like, dude, I've seen this two and a half times and I still, I'm scouring my brain. I still can't really think of anything other than it just felt choppy, I think. Yeah, and, and like, here's the thing. Yes, we like Martin Wood and Robert C. Cooper. So yes, we probably would be looking for excuses for why their product might not be as good as it usually is. However... We like them because they consistently give us good product. Yeah. So when we don't get good product from them, we have questions. <laughs> so yeah, I, my my best things about this episode are going to be the notes, I think. <laughs> the <laughs> trivia notes I have, um, I have that I, that, that I read. And I think the worst things I'm going to be saying about this, I've already kind of said, which is, which was, it doesn't feel intentional. Everything that's bad no. about this doesn't feel intentional insofar as it feels entirely intentional, but accidental at the same yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. Like somebody wanted something intentionally and this was the accidental end result. Of mm-hmm. it. So yeah, let's, no, let's I, do this. No, I can't really disagree with you there. Uh, but yeah, so we get this set up with the Incarans and there's obviously, they're, they're giving some indication that there's some sort of time limit, like they need to hurry up and get them relocated quickly this gives me a video game feel it's like when you do a main story mission and the whole cutscene goes down it's like cool we have to go save this whole village but first side quest but first i need you to talk to this person standing right next to me that i refuse to talk to because he hasn't returned my sandwich (laughs) help my child is literally choking to death okay i'll be right there i'm gonna go get this fish real fast (laughs) exactly uh, but yeah, so they're they're trying to dial out, and it won't engage with the seventh symbol. Which, I think the timing of that is funny, be- especially if a window of opportunity get- did get changed in the order, because of the fact that we just had window of opportunity, where they tried to dial out, and the seventh symbol wouldn't engage. However, the episode they decide to reference isn't window of opportunity, it's the black hole episode, when it comes to not being able to close gates. But yeah, so... They try and lock in, and Walter's like, it, it won't lock in. And they all come in to check it out, and he's like, I can't really, there's no real sign of why it wouldn't be able to lock in. And um, Sam discovers that there's some sort of energy spike right around when they were wanting to do that. And isn't it Daniel who goes, hey, wasn't this similar to the energy spike when you guys were stuck in Antarctica and trying to dial through? I think it's Daniel who brings it up. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so he's like, this This looks a lot like the energy spike that happened when you guys were dialing with a second gate in Antarctica. And they're like, okay, sure, but there's not a second gate. The other one blew up with Thor. <laughs> so on that real fast, um, it's uh, this isn't technically a critique. It's not really a critique. It's not really like they did it wrong because it does mm-hmm. make sense story-wise that Daniel would be the one to say that because he was the one that was there and SGC. Yeah. yeah, to see it, literally. He and Teal were the ones who were there, Sam and... 
Jack were the ones in the in the ice cave. Yeah. That being said, and and bear with me here. Don't you know? Let me just say the whole thing out here. Technically, to me, it makes more sense that Sam should have said this because I don't care if Daniel is the one there to see it. You you cannot convince me that Sam hasn't studied the fucking shit out of that event ever since. Not like every day since, but has had time to, you know, since then. And definitely, definitely it's added every bit of, every iota of data and knowledge to be gained from that has already been added to her repertoire. And this is something that normally, not normally, in these situations, it's always just, you know, a a toss up between, okay, cool, do we want the person who's typically the science person saying this? Or do we want somebody story-wise to be the one who says it or do we want to just you know mix it up because we haven't answered c in a while and i'm seeing too many a's and b's and i'm feeling uncomfortable yeah (laughs) you know is it depending on what it is that multiple choice panic exactly exactly so i'm not really judging it because i I get it that's how structure works Uh in life this isn't real life it's literally fiction cool but it kind of cracks me up that daniel says it because sam makes more sense in literally every way but one yeah i definitely agree with you on all points uh one thing i will add to it though is i feel like this show in general not i don't even think it's like one writer because i've seen it across multiple writers i think the show in general likes the trope of the non-hard science person having that leap to let the hard science people firm it out they really love to have Daniel have that first leap and then have the, the hard science people come in and fill it in with the actual facts. I don't know if this is the official term for it, but I've heard the word I've heard used for it is literally soft stepping the audience into it. Sure. Yeah. But I've, I've noticed that this show in general likes to use Daniel for that, which maybe they do it too much sometimes. But maybe at least in this instance, there's a narrative reason why he might notice the similarities there oh yeah at the very least you could just joke that's because you know he's you know the pretty picture dude so he noticed the pretty picture like, <laughs> hey yeah there's a million things that totally make it make sense i i have nothing against it i mean to quote mckay uh years from now daniel jackson's account daniel jackson's a freak all right so they uh figure out that it was that they're like wait well i mean the second gate blew up with thor they're like, well, I mean, we didn't know about Did it? the one in Siberia, <laughs> you know? Maybe there's another one. Speaking of, I do like that. This episode was really good for a, a tiny bit in the beginning with, like, the dialogue bits. Basically up until the point where the stories really started yeah. actually <laughs> happening. A uh, quote-unquote story. I love it when uh, Jack says his whole thing, like, we couldn't find it or whatever. And uh, Hammond just looks at him and goes like, I mean, we're talking a couple hundred square miles, Colonel. Like, he just, like, he's, like, not defensive. He's really just, like, t- it's like when he's talking to a kid, like, you know, like usual. It's just, it's peak Hammond. I'm just happy. I, j- I just love how Hammond says it. He's just like, dude, come on, fuck off. <laughs> like, well, screw actually, you, that... you try searching the ocean floor. Well, that part of the dialogue hasn't happened yet, because first they track the uh, vibration, and they're like, oh, it's in Russia. And then they're like, well, how, do, do they have a gate? And they're like, well, I mean, we never could find... And this is where they're like, well, we couldn't find the one that went down with Thor's ship. Maybe they did. And then that whole bit of dialogue happens. I absolutely love that. I just, I loved every little bit about it. I love Jack. I love Hammond. It's funny how bad this episode tried to be while also trying to be really good because it really stuck with accuracy for like characterizations oh characters people, were great in people this. acted the way they were supposed to i feel absolutely 
I even feel like, again, there was something else that was supposed to be originally planned here because Marina Sirtis, I feel like she was given a, a lot to do and I feel like she was like, great, cool, and then did it, but then they didn't use it. Yeah, I. it really feels like a hacksaw was taken to this episode. Yeah, it just, it doesn't feel like a yank. It doesn't feel like it's PC, but at the same time, it feels choppy as fuck. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, so they they have theories that the Russians found the gate that went down with Thor's ship, and they very quickly get answers back, where the Russians are like, yeah, we found it. We we uh, we found it before you guys even came looking. And they're like, wow, the Russians just admitted to it that quickly? And they're like, well, we did have a lot of evidence that they couldn't really argue with. <laughs> they didn't really admit it so much as stop denying it i shouldn't say them that i'm surprised the dialogue wasn't better because i couldn't i shouldn't say the mine was better uh but i feel like it would have been funnier and maybe better if literally the response had been something along the lines of oh well they didn't admit it so much as beg us for help because it um turns out something went wrong well, <laughs> they don't know something went wrong yet right that's what i'm saying is I've, instead of having like this whole exposition scene that'll be that they'll end up coming up later like out of True, all the yeah, things they... that are missing in this episode, they had a fuck ton of time in a goddamn supply plane of all, for a cargo plane. For It was such a weird scene. Like, yeah. they've had, I know they've shown them on planes before, but they've also had no problem skipping the travel portion before in other episodes. So what the fuck? I think what would have solved a lot of their problems is if your answer was how they were like, yeah, well, uh, they only did because they need our help <laughs> and then we just cut to them being at the base and meeting marina sirtis there or just cutting to moscow and having her do a little bit there like, like if you wanted to still have you know a, a russia bit yeah and then we could have whatever the fuck we're missing yeah. from the end and yeah all that stuff. yeah no it was like it just it, it wasn't even that i was thinking like oh episode has time for this but I was thinking a lot of adjacent things, like, okay, yeah. you had time mm -hmm. for, like, why this? Yeah. Why this format? Why have yeah. this entire thing go down in a fucking cargo plane over headsets? With, honestly, this was not the environment if you wanted to get Marina Sirtis' best acting. No. Like, it wasn't like she did a bad job there, but, like, she half her face is covered, and she can only do, like, three or four of the same stern expressions, which I know would have been the same anywhere because she's playing a character <laughs> who does those three or four certain yes. expressions but again i just feel like a different i don't know maybe i just don't understand art maybe i just don't get writing <laughs> that's fine whatever i i just i disagree with this so yeah so they're like well they, they yeah we we trapped them we, we had evidence they had to just kind of come clean and they're like okay so we have someone involved who is going to meet with you to go see why oh because they said oh yeah they well you know what your setup does kind of work because they do have a problem it's not like as big a problem as we'll find out that they have but they do know they can't close yeah the exactly gate. so they yeah they, there we they go. do that know shit i forgot about down. that yeah so like yeah uh well they can't close the gate and they're like what are you talking about even the gold can't keep it open for more than like what was it 33 minutes or 38 something? minutes 38 minutes and they're like yeah well uh yeah it, it hasn't closed and they're like is it attached to another black hole? Bringing up the black hole episode. And they're like, no, we would have since, like, the, uh, the, we, we would have had more indication. <laughs> we would have felt the ensuing black hole 
Yeah. <laughs> so no, it's not a black hole. And they're like, okay, well, uh, I guess they're coming to us for help then, yeah? And like, yeah. So we're going to have you meet with their, like, lead scientist who figured out how to get them dialing through and everything to, you know, meet up and team up on this. So then they go to an airfield to meet Marina Sirtis, who, let's start with the goof, <laughs> her character Svetlana Markov, sorry, I almost said it the correct way because I was self-correcting. Uh, her character is officially Svetlana Markov. That's actually a goof. In Russian, uh, female names end with an A, so it should be Markova, I think. But Stargate has such a good history of being accurate with the Russian things, with the Ukrainian submarine people. <laughs> we'll be happy to know that they continue their proud tradition of misspelling pretty much all of the Russian <laughs> in this episode. Yay! <laughs> It's uh, things are wrong. <laughs> the lit words, the word words is literally in quotations. So that, that tells you all you need to know right there. Yeah. <laughs> um, the words that appear on my monitor are meaningless. The words. They're literally <laughs> meaningless sequences of Russian letters. That's how bad it is in some places. Nice. Anyway, so that's, I was going to say that for a second, that's where the errors end. But no, they continue throughout. So, little known fact, I learned this years ago, and I've always loved this about her. She can do pretty much any accent that you want her to because she's just, you know, awesome. Her Russian, apparently, in her audition, her accent was so good, they couldn't understand her. They had to ask her to dial it down. <laughs> she does a really nice, subtle one where you can absolutely hear the Russian, but she's incredibly not legible, but, you know, the auditory version of legible <laughs> the entire time. She, she minorly goofed on Twitter a while ago when she came at Lin-Manuel Miranda for, like, no reason. But other than that, she's literally flawless, in my opinion. So, <laughs> And I honestly need to have all these happy moments because I cannot stress enough how much I don't like this episode. <laughs> but she's so excellent in it. And her character clearly also deserved better. Yeah. I actually, on that note, um, want to give the show itself credit for the fact that, so when we went, we, when I read the summary for this episode in our last episode, they do, like, they do the, a beautiful Russian scientist, which really just immediately gives you, like, the bad James Bond vibes, you know? And I want to give this show credit for the fact that, like, they didn't go that, they, they had a, uh, a woman scientist, but they didn't, like, make her, like, a honeypot at the same time kind of thing, you know? They didn't let themselves fall into that trope, and I appreciate that. Maybe they were celebrating the fact that the Soviet Union wasn't a thing anymore. Like, I know, I knew, I, I know at that point it was already, that, that was old news, like, they well, yeah. had dissolved, like, almost, what, 10 years by that point? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I keep saying 98. That wasn't what you're... They're in, we're well into the uh, knots by now. Um, oh, we're, we're only in 01. the middle of the knots. It's 2000. 01. Whatever. Season fine. 4 is 2000. 2000, um, and it ends very early 2001. Anyway, at the very least, it's at least two years after 98. So I, I, can, I need to at least move on to saying 99 at this point. <laughs> <laughs> the point I'm getting at here is the Soviet I know at this point it's been like a decade since the uh, Soviet yeah. Union had uh, dissolved. Oh man, my history is starting to dissolve as well. But still, maybe they're going like, no, 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 no. She's not a KGB spy for one. <laughs> Although they do delight in having her just know way too fucking much about um, Stargate, 
Which they give an answer for how she does. Yes, yes. But, and, and again, to go off what you were saying, they also avoid the spy thingy, though, a lot. Like, she's never doing any, like, that, oh, wouldn't you like to know how I know it? She literally just says, ah, oh, yes, I know this. And they're kind of like, that's, that, really? And she goes, yep. Yeah, exactly. I she's, love it. She's I a professional. Trail. It's and great. you have to be, because I, I do know this about Russia. You can't get to where you are career-wise in her field without being able to play nice with the military. And oh, yeah. you can't be able to do that without being able to play nice politically to some extent. Like, you have to mm-hmm. know when to shut the fuck up. Everyone's like, oh, I don't play politics. I just do my job. It's like, well, do you pick your battles ever at your job? Yes. Then you know how to play politics to an extent. Yeah, exactly. Because that's literally what politics is. Politicians are just the ones who embody a, the best defense is a good offense. So, yeah. yeah. She she's an example of that without being an example of, you know, the the tropey spy thing. So Yeah. No, they did a good job of not falling into any tropes with her. I didn't really revel in that as much as I should have. I was just too disappointed with I the fact that they I just really noticed her. it because the summary for this episode really made you think it was going to be a tropey James Bond. I never remember her name, something Christmas, but... Christmas Jones? Christmas Jones, there we go. For once, I'm not mad about the summary, the teaser, whatever, not matching, because sometimes that's a good thing. Sometimes you yeah, want it. Yeah, absolutely. It's not mm-hmm. just supposed to be, like, vague enough that you can't figure out what's going to happen. It should also, maybe also be the person misleading. writing the summary just had eyes and knew it was Marina Sirtis. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, they meet up with her. Uh, she knows way too much about the SGC. Jack keeps trying to get, like, how the fuck she knows, and she never gives an inch on that. Um, they all get into a cargo plane. Yeah, exactly. They all get into a cargo plane, and she gives them the, the laydown of what's been going on. And she basically says, like, they've dialed through, they found... Oh, and she doesn't... She barely gives them anything at this point. She just says that, like, they lost contact or something, right? I'm sorry, I'm just questioning why the fuck this scene had to happen. Like, if they're meeting her on the ground in Russia, then why not just... Like, I get it, it's because they're flying to the base. I I, I get... I, I don't know. I, I just feel like this didn't need to happen in the plane. Like, this is... Do you feel like maybe this got filmed at the end and they had to put it Almost. In? Okay, so this is a thing that... This is a, this is a grievance that CinemaSins brought to my mind a long time ago, and I can't I can't forgive them for this because I can't unsee it now. But, like, in the, in the Mission Impossible... Um, movies in the one where he uh does that record breath holding thing like for like six minutes or oh, whatever yeah, yeah, yeah. that happens in the, the twisty e, thing. that yeah. happens at the same time that simon Pegg's character is literally walking to his potential death they're replacing the thingy that's going to be reading his body movements and whatever yeah so that thing has to be replaced before he gets to the end of the hallway CinemaSins has pointed out in this movie and many others that there's literally no fucking reason why, uh, at least not stated on screen, why they had to do them at the same time. Why couldn't the first team have gone in first? They're doing a separate extraction anyway, so why the fuck are they there at the- why? Why it's just for, you know, it's for Tension. forced suspense. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm kind of, I'm, I'm stuck on it, the same kind of feel here. Why did this have to happen? It didn't need to. On the way. Why couldn't this have been a better fucking scene? Now, don't get me wrong. It doesn't make sense to have her, like, fly to the, you know, to the States just to debrief them. Just to brief them, I should say. Then to have them fly back to Russia. Like, yeah. That's not the answer. There's nothing to say that them landing in Moscow, have well, Moscow having, like, thing. a whole Moscow scene is better. But I just feel like anything could have been better than this. The information she gives them on the cargo plane is very sparse. 
the really what she tells them outside of the fact that they you know managed to dial through and and the fact that she explains that you know reveals that she knows a lot about SGC and won't say how because I was gonna say the one really actually interesting in bit of information that we get on the cargo plane because again we don't know the big mystery yet she doesn't know that it's happening we just know that they can't cancel the dial that's the only thing we have right now for ooh mystery the only information she gives them on the cargo plane that's even remotely interesting and it's not important either it's just interesting to me is they have a dhd because they found the original one for giza from the germans which i actually loved as a detail for two reasons one world war ii the germans were known for hoarding other nationalities art and two, they were also known for doing a lot of investigations into supernatural solutions and like that kind of thing. So them having the DHD makes complete fucking sense. I buy it 120%. I'm like, yeah, the Germans would have the DHD. Yeah, obviously. Why didn't the Americans look for the DHD? With we the should Germans, probably clarify idiots? here that it was specifically the Nazis. Like we have, we yeah, said yeah, it was Nazis. We should, sorry, yeah. we should continue to specify that because I mean, they're one hundred percent Nazis. Right, right. But this is this is an extremely uh, yeah. uh important topic to a to oh, a large yeah. group of people. So I just want to be really careful on that. Yeah, sorry. World War Two. I was obviously inferring. I was talking about the Nazis. Yes, the Nazis were doing these things. <laughs> It's, I don't know if this was on purpose. I would like to think it is because Robert C. Cooper is hysterical and awesome. And, um, you know, and I mean hysterical in, a, in a, the smart kind of way because, yeah. like it or fucking not, uh, America and uh, and Nazi Germany have a bit of uh, some, some parallels. Uh-huh. Um, I wanted to know the history of the three-point seatbelt and accidentally went down a rabbit fucking <laughs> hole on, uh, on Henry Ford, who, uh, by the way, did you know that fucking... Hitler was inspired by Ford. Like I can't. I'm still not over it. It's been like a two years. Uh, I I I can't. I can't get over this. Why isn't that taught in every U.S. school? <laughs> he was a raging anti-Semite who forced all of his dealers to carry his Zionist Chronicle thing. It was a newspaper that he published that was all about the evils of the Jewish state. It was just he was a terrible person. Mm -hmm. And I didn't learn about this until I was in my 20s <laughs> because our school system is a nightmare. Anyway, um, this is relevant because we have also stolen so fucking much. England oh, yeah. has also stolen oh, so fucking England much. England refuses they, to give it back. <laughs> oh, I, I'm aware. I'm aware. Uh, you, you've heard my yeah, yeah, by the you, stone. You, you are definitely aware, yes. I have feelings about people who steal yes. things. I have a, yeah. I have feelings about the British Museum when it comes to the Egyptian pharaohs and how it's weird how they're all on display in the British goddamn museum because England steals so much stuff. And I like how much England's gotten from former pilfered Nazi supplies. So yeah, it, it fucking tracks that the Nazis had this buried away somewhere, especially if they wanted to use it as a fucking weapon of some kind. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> like, I can just see Herr Hitler getting all worked up over it. It would just be mm -hmm. a, it'd be a yeah. hoot. As soon as she said that, I was like, yeah, tracks. That tracks. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I'm sorry. You're telling me a group of white guys stole this because they wanted it? You had me at a group of white guys stole it. Yeah. I, I already believed it. <laughs>
All right, so what were you raising your hand about before I brought up the whole thing with the Nazis stealing? Oh yeah, I said I was just. I realized I figured out what they uh, should have done differently. What I would have done differently, anyway, is so you know how like when you have a perimeter around your infected quarantine zone, yeah, and you have your it's yeah it's tropey, but who the fuck said we were avoiding tropes here? Then you have your debrief before the mission as we get ready to go into the danger zone. Mm-hmm. Could have done that. have the team fly to russia have them go to that place have that meeting them on the tarmac scene there and then you can have them have her direct them into this zone tent also that would also establish that there's literally any backup because jumping Mm -hmm. out of a plane very clearly establishes that they're on their own which you can still establish in a different way of like okay we're sending you and no one else and by the way we're not gonna be sending backup but there's somewhere to run to. Like, there's literally anything that comes with, you know, a perimeter. Uh, uh-huh. just, if you'd done the perimeter thing, you could have had all of the, de- all of, I keep saying debrief, all of the briefing, all of this shit could have gone down there. You could have avoided yep. this, what I consider to be just, frankly, unnecessary plane scene. And it's insane, because apparently SG-1 gets on that plane not knowing they're going to be jumping. Yeah, so, and then that brings me up, that, that's exactly what I was going to say next. And then you can avoid, which is just, uh, fucking stupid, you think, speaking of unnecessary, it's just <laughs> stupid. I don't know about you, uh, have, have you gone skydiving? No, and I refuse okay. to. I have. Now, this isn't me, like, going, like, I'm, like, an expert, because I've gone skydiving literally once. But I have gone skydiving. And this guy... You train for it. That, that, this guy made it excruciatingly, painfully clear how many ways you can get stupid and die. Mm-hmm. And people are dumb. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you make extra fucking stupid decisions under the, under the power of adrenaline. Oh yeah, and I've seen I've seen videos of people who, experts who are solo diving, which means they have done hours and hours and mm-hmm. hours of dives to be allowed to do this to get like a like the, the the permission to be allowed to do this solo. Yeah, because yeah, they don't just let you do this willy nilly. No, 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 no. I could understand SG one, the military members having experience. There were pilots in the Air Force. <laughs> I could see. I honestly feel like they should have at this point instituted for at least SGC personnel, they should institute for all people, military and civilian, mandatory lessons in some of this shit. Like, for example, jumping out of planes. (laughs) Like, gun training, shit like that. And I definitely want you to finish your note, but I did actually think about that. I'm like, would that be something that would be in the basic training? Because obviously Daniel got taught how to shoot a gun and all that kind of stuff. But, like, they're going... They're, they're going to other planets via walking. I don't know how much they would have thought that they would need to have these people know how to do parachuting. Which is why the fact that Daniel apparently knows how to parachute. Because we find out that Teal'c is the only one who doesn't know what this is. Apparently Daniel isn't thrilled about it, but apparently knows how to parachute. I'm like... Sarah had to take him. That's the only fucking explanation for how Daniel knows how to parachute, is that when he was in college, Sarah took him. Against his will, no doubt. Because he does not look thrilled when he finds out. Like, Jack makes a joke about sorry, about jumping out of a plane. And, like, makes a joke about, oh, yeah, my, my male bravado's about to kick in. And he's like, oh, well, you've read my, my file. Not much bravado there, huh? <laughs> you know, like, that whole joke. But, like... Obviously, him and Sam are going to be fine. They're Air Force. They're very well trained. But, like, Daniel 
is not thrilled. Yeah. Find, like, his face, he's like, excuse me? But he, he clearly knows what he's going to be doing here. Like, he's like, all right, I hate this, but all right. But go ahead. Right. But yeah, so, so let's say... When I say, like, SGC personnel, I should clarify a little bit. What I mean by that, it should be people who are on on SG teams going through the gate. Now, nothing you said is wrong, because, yeah, yeah. they're walking. Yeah. <laughs> but that being said, I'm still a redundancy person. I believe yeah, yeah, yeah. that it's just a good idea. Like, you shouldn't just have them know how to, to fire one kind of gun. You should know how to have. fire most kinds of guns. Mm-hmm. Uh, you should have them be as familiar as fucking possible with concepts of other alien designs. So use Tilk's knowledge there, use anything you've acquired over the years. Constantly be setting up on like, okay, so we put triggers here. These people don't do that and, and they're humanoid and we would have thought this is like common you know, sense, but it turns out what we think is common sense does not apply. Mm-hmm. Or what or whatever. Yeah. Or it could be that, by the way, these guys don't believe in safeties. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, don't touch this. It can go off for like no reason. But I would assume that would just be smart and should be required. I'm not saying it is, but I feel like it shouldn't be optional. Yeah. I feel like in America it probably is, but it, that feels like a mandatory type thing. But, 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 but. <laughs> you shouldn't just limit it to the things you reasonably should expect. It's, uh, there's a joke in programming, maybe you've heard, where it's uh, somebody has to test a bar. So they order a bourbon, and the bartender serves it. And they order a whiskey, and the bartender serves it. And they order a vodka, and the bartender serves it. And the guy walks out and goes, okay, I can't find any problems. It looks like it works. And then somebody else walks in and goes, where's the bathroom? And the bar explodes because the QA didn't test for that. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like that has a play here. Yeah, I, I definitely think so too, yeah. So the redundancy shouldn't be that you have to wait for somebody to walk in and, and make the bar blow up. You should... Be, you should be doing a wide net of QA testing. Mm-hmm. Or in this case, you should be doing a wide net of training. of training. Because honestly, they're walking through the gate into... I don't care if you have a mouth. As you have proven in many episodes, your mouth is... Pra- your mouth. Your mouth is practically useless some, uh, in, I mean, in a lot of situations. Your mouth is practically useless. Like can, <laughs> right? But your mouth is, is not more often than not, but it has a history of being fairly useless. Like, it'll give you the knowledge that, that'll tell you, yes, you can walk through but it won't give you much besides that so you could walk into any number of situations and they have walked into any number of situations mm-hmm. i'm not saying it's weird they haven't jumped out of a moving flying vehicle up until now i'm not i'm not mad about yeah. those statistics but it it's, i feel like it's something you could think about especially if you're the air force if anybody's gonna yeah. do it it should be like the navy with their uh destroyers and all of those planes and the air force I'm actually going to agree with you here a little bit, but I'm going to, like, minutia it down a tiny bit. At the very least, they should be doing all this redundancy training for the most insane things. Like, when are you going to jump out of a plane? Well, we're going to do it. We're going to prepare you for it anyway. For the first contact teams. Yeah. Because those are the ones who aren't going to know what they're coming into. Yeah. Most of the other teams, the diplomacy team, the archaeology team, the hard science teams, whatever all of those teams are. They're coming in after the fact. They've had actual people on that planet who have given real observations other than just like a rotating camera with some atmosphere sensors. They're giving real observations. They can give you expectations for what to come through with. But that team has to come through first. 
and they don't know what they're going to come across. So at the very least, the first contact teams should have those crazy amounts of training. And clearly, they are not, because Teal'c, we find out, doesn't know what, what parachuting is. And Jack gives him the tiniest fucking rundown ever. That's definitely not enough information. And I'm like, why do you not have buddy parachutes here? Why do you not have buddy parachutes? Why are they parachuting at all? Because that's what I'm talking about here. This is how unnecessary it is. Because it brings up so many fucking questions of like, okay, so why isn't all that training I was talking about necessary? Why, how is it everybody about everybody in this situation is so easy going about it? And then, of all people, why is Teal'c, the guy who has flown Hatak vessels, and is in fact a pilot as well. Why is he the one who has zero concept of this, but Daniel seems okay? Like, why is Again, he explaining it to Sarah Teal'c? because Sarah took him. <laughs> it, that drives me fucking crazy. I'm not saying he has to know what, like, an altimeter is, or, like, a wind speed monitor is. Yeah. Although, again, at this point, the further you get into the show, the less likely, the less that excuse works because mm -hmm. he's now being exposed over time. He's been time. there for four years. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm not saying he's been allowed out as much or anything, but the same, no. at the same time, at a certain point, you, you're going to have to have some familiarity with stuff just through literal exposure. But what I'm getting at here is that he would have a, I feel like would have a base concept of an ejection system, and those tend to come with parachutes. So if you're going to have somebody be semi, at least semi down with it, it should be the guy who's also a pilot. Of the, of the team of four, three are people who fly. Mm -hmm. One isn't. And he should be the one where you're giving your half-assed thing to. Now, that being said, no one should be getting a half-assed lesson no. because, oh my mm -hmm. god, the whole thing I was bringing, reason why this whole thing was brought up by the fact that on one goddamn thing, they explained enough to tell me that this is not hard, but it is not easy. And it is really easy to screw up. Like, we love uh, the Kingsmen. But that that whole parachute scene, by the time they fucking pulled that thing, they hit the ground hard. They oh, should have yeah, been their, mush. their legs would have shattered. They should have been a combined puddle. <laughs> but that, that that you know, but that's just, you know, for drama purposes. I'll take that any day over this shit right here, where Teal takes the time to go, this doesn't seem wise. And I'm going, you're goddamn right it does. And at no point does anyone explain to him where the cord to pull is. They, yes, he does. He points at it. He points at it. He doesn't say when to pull it. He doesn't say how. Oh, no, he doesn't say when he to doesn't, pull it. He doesn't say how to pull it. And I mean that no. literally because if, you're yeah, not, yeah, if you yeah. don't have the thing on right, I'm guessing it doesn't mean that the thing's going to pull pr properly. And I'm betting it's probably packed a certain way that you want to pull it a certain way. Mm -hmm. He didn't say where the redundancy was. He didn't say shit he no. goes you'll be fine points vaguely at the bag and that is literally yeah, it. yeah it's insane oh my lord oh my lord it's problematic enough having daniel do this because again daniel at this point as you said has shown that i guess he's done this at some point yeah i'm just i i'm i my 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 gast was flabbered so hard, <laughs> and it still is because, I, I, as, as I was saying earlier, with the whole perimeter thing, there was a different way you could have done this entire exposition thing. Oh yeah, you didn't mm -hmm. have, you didn't really need this whole bullshit parachuting thing, especially since they no. don't even focus on it for any actual length of time, and they don't we even don't show the result. It, it no. was so pointless and time consuming, and it had, it served. I would no argue one and nothing. This is the weakest part of the entire episode. Yeah, and it it linchpins it into hell. 
Which is why I kind of wonder if, like I, I said at the beginning of this rant, do you think that, like, this was filmed at the very end because they needed a way to get them there? I don't, I don't, I don't fucking know. There is, I don't have a satisfactory answer. You'd think if you were going to put skydiving into the episode, it would be because you wanted it to be an action sequence where you're seeing the skydiving. We do not see that. Which makes me think they just, like, maybe they had, like, the shell of an airplane from the, um, the foothold episode. And they're just like, we need something, we need a way to get them there. And, like, they just rushed this, this, it feels rushed and not very well put together. I feel like this was added at the end. I mean, I, I believe you, I, I can't stop thinking of better ways to do bad. it. I can, I yeah, just, exactly. Like, like, I just never, I never would have gone down this particular no. route, mm -mm. ever. But the end result is that, um, and before they jump, uh, Marina Sirtis does say, if we don't land in the same place together, just make sure we all meet at the base. How? Where is it? Do we have GPSs? Do you <laughs> give us any? We have to assume yes. Again, I of definitely feel like this was added at the end. all the things they show on screen versus the things they don't show on screen, that's a fucking stupid one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And again, you could have avoided it by not having this bullshit. You're not wrong. I can't argue with you on any of this. But the one thing I do enjoy about how stupid this whole jumping thing is, is that the two people with the least amount of experience doing skydiving, jumping out of airplanes, are the ones who apparently landed closest to the mark. Because Teal'c and Daniel get there first. <laughs> we often speak of uh, throwaway lines that would have assisted. Throwaway costuming. Throwaway gestures would have done loads here. Like having them look down at something on their like arm, what's clearly like a little map kind of thing, like yeah, or a GPS. Anything. Because yeah, you're right. The, the the weirdest two to show up are the first two. I it, and it's not like I'm I'm not it's not like I'm mad that they can read a map. You just would have liked the tiniest clue of how they got there. <laughs> I like the tiniest clue as to why they felt the need to include this part in the fucking episode. It's just so fucking pointless. <laughs> it had to be fucking production notes. So in the many last decisions were filming. made, and I do not understand any of them. But yeah, so. Apparently, Daniel and Tilk got there first, and as the rest of the group are approaching the base, they're radioing with Daniel, and, like, all the lights seem to be off, and they've all got, like, their little air masks because they don't know if it's safe to breathe in here because of the fact that the gate's been open for so fucking long. Like, because, like, SGC has shown, a lot of things can come through the fucking gate. So they've all got, like, their, um... Oh, and it was, they also, oh, before they jumped, she also made sure they had, like, nuclear safe gear and stuff. Yeah, yeah, oh, God, so, so after the beautiful moment where she shows that she's, you know, professional, but has a heart underneath everything, and this isn't a good way, I'm not, like, dissing the acting yeah. or directing or this, you know, cliche or whatever, because she points out that there are 47 people down below that might need their help, 47, of yeah. course, being the uh, reference yeah, to yeah, Star yeah, Trek, yeah. and then she, at the last second, goes... Oh, I just hate this whole scene. Uh, but in that last second, she goes, you do have hazmat. And he gets all pissy with her. Jack gets all pissy with <laughs> yeah, her. Goes, yeah, unlike somebody. Some she, we thought she, we, somebody should be prepared. And she gives him this bitchy <laughs> look. And it's like, dude, no one, no one who's, no one with the attitude here deserves the attitude they have, honestly. No. Jack, you need to be giving some fucking reason as to why you're acting like this. Honestly, if you're I doing this I think he's annoyed with how much she knows about SGC that he's not getting answers That for. part I got, but he has a lot of antagonism in here. 
in him in this episode that I feel like was explained in a better version, whether that got oh, cut yeah. or never got realized either version. I don't know. I feel like I feel like his backstory could have been brought up a little bit more here in a, in a very yeah. useful manner. As could have, as could hers. You know, this could have been a great mirroring kind of cool thing. Like, you know, yeah. him, him bouncing off her in a negative way while having to echo the fact that she's so similar to Sam, somebody he definitely does not ne- bounce off in a negative way. Yeah. <laughs> like, that could have been really cool. Anyway, but they didn't do any of that shit. Instead, they do this whole horse shit thing where she brings up mm. Hazmat for 30 seconds. Just so they can bring up the the nuke stuff. And then yeah. and then they split up. Uh, I don't know if mini radar is a thing, slash was a thing, or if all I'm describing is just, you know, echolocation. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I'm describing something that's real or not. <laughs> but I feel like at the very fucking least, these people should have had one of those things where it's like, hey, where are you? Well, uh, it looks like I see your little red dot over here. They needed a, a, some version of GPS, some way of locating each other. And if they didn't have that, then they definitely shouldn't have brought two people who don't know military call signs. And I mean that as in they apparently haven't been trained in any of shit, considering how we're going we're gonna to see one of them wandering down, ambling as if just on a <laughs> merry little walk. Went, do, swing, do, swing, do. swing, swing, <laughs> la, 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 la. Doesn't even have his fucking weapon out. Nope. Well, you know the disgust he always shows his gun anytime he has so to So why is he it? part of the infiltration team, is my point. Because he would stomp his feet and throw a tantrum otherwise. Splitting up in a place he knows would be would be acceptable. This is the opposite of his turf. And he is the yeah. opposite of of, a, of the right person to bring into this place. Or at the very least, Teal'c should have stuck with him, because apparently they landed together. Splitting up is so rarely the right choice. Like, it, it has its place, but it's so mm-hmm. rarely the right choice. And here, it's so dumb. Yeah. But yeah, so they, they meet up, and they start trying to figure out what's going on at the space, because it's empty, like, they don't see anyone now. They do some setup-ish uh, in that they pass by a power source type thing that the doctor says all she can tell them is that it was decommissioned recently in the last couple of years. Oh! They point out that the place they're wandering through clearly wasn't set up with the Stargate in mind. Oh, yeah, yeah. Which I think is funny considering how, yeah, neither was yours. was your place. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> it was NORAD. <laughs> At bare minimum, it's probably actually just a good writing thing. Like, hey, that's, yeah. a, that's a subtle little mirror kind of uh, thing. A little nod to them both doing the same sort of shit. Um, but yeah, so they start trying to figure out what's going on because there should be 47 people down here and they haven't met anyone. They very quickly, they find one dude who got shot. They get to, like, the computer systems and she, A, figures out that it's safe to breathe in here now. So Daniel takes off the mask thing. And has the most disgruntled fucking face as he's taking it off, which is the thing I made where he's like, God, I'm missing my season two glasses right now, (laughs) kind of thing. But she also discovers that at some point, I don't remember what it's called, but some sort of, like, gas got released through the whole base. It it was like a fail-safe that got released through the whole base to kill people. Yeah, she checks the computer and says that Sarkolov did the extreme measures protocol. Oh, yeah, that released um, t- uh, substance whatever into the air. And I love how Car- uh, Sam immediately goes, I'm sorry, what? Nerve gas? And then Daniel's like, nerve gas? Like, what? <laughs> Which, fair. Fair. You just told me to take my mask like, off. I know, right? I, that fair. I would also be like, fucking what? You mentioned nerve gas before I take my mask off. <laughs> She's clearly emotional um, for a moment. She's being, you know, she's clearly fighting emotion oh, yeah, when she's, she's saying stuff. She cared about those people, yeah. But she takes a second to go, 
it's fine. It dissipates in like three hours. It was it was activated yesterday, so it's fine. Then they have the part where Sam you know, goes like, dude, are you okay? And she's like, dude, these are my friends. Yeah. I think she does a great job in that, that tiny little scene of like showing like the self-control while she's still obviously upset because like her eyes get a little teary and her voice gets a little wobbly, but she does not stop working. She does not lose her focus. Everything about her character was done right. But yeah, so she starts like poking around trying to figure out what went down. And since she knows this place and the rest of the team don't, they're obviously following her. And she goes to this tank thing and she climbs up it. Yeah, she climbs up and she's like, it's gone. And Jack says, if I ask what and you say classified, I'm gonna shoot you. (laughs) Which is a great line. (laughs) It's great because it's been building this whole time where he's really frustrated with her knowing so much about SGC and him knowing absolutely fucking nothing on their end. It's a great build up to this moment where he's just like, I'm fucked. You're going to start telling me things. <laughs> this could have been uh, a bit of like technically set up, but kind of like a foreshadowing thing where this is something that uh, Jack has, if not those exact words, has sent like, literally that same sentiment to the NID and people who are always um, having uh, yeah. information oh, yes. uh, power True. dynamics with uh, showdowns yeah. with him where he's trying to you know do his fucking job. And they're like, well, it's classified. But, oh, I can't tell you that, Colonel. Oh, I can't tell you that, Colonel. And he's like, fucking fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. Ah, actually, um, yeah. I'm thinking it could have been a thing. Yeah, maybe. I mean, Robert C. Cooper is good at those subtle little garden path things. So... But yeah, to her credit, she knows that, like, she can't, she, this is not time to fuck around anymore. So she explains that, like, the reason they were interested in where they opened up the gate was they, they found they were in a gate underwater, the place they dialed through to. And what was interesting about it was they found that the water around the gate was giving off a heat source and a power source. So they took a sample and brought it back and and they didn't, they were like, she's like, I had them seal it here. I was like, don't touch it until we can do the proper procedures to be safe about it until I'm back to deal with this. And clearly they did not wait for her to come back because the water sample that was in that tank is gone. I just wanted to point out, I really love how this is the moment where you can literally see the episode going, oh, and now we diverge. Because yeah. she says, if this water proved to be like a... Uh, a source of power. Sam immediately goes, yeah, that doesn't seem possible. And she goes, well, they were supposed to wait till I got back for us to test it. She's pointing out they literally grabbed this shit, didn't do sh- j- the j- jack all yeah. with it, and then stuck it in a box somewhere. Which, I'm not saying the Ameri- uh, that, that the States is better <laughs> in, in their handling no. of stuff, but I'm pointing out that Sam and SGC definitely don't do that no, at the very yeah. least i've already learned this lesson they do whatever tests they can do on the planet if first. they can yeah and yeah. at the very least sam wouldn't Doing have gone incredibly, yeah. even if she yeah. even called somewhere she would have been like okay cool i'm leaving like, you in charge of this testing someone thing else or something yeah. mm-hmm. literally anything that would have gotten her base information would have been done they hadn't even mm-hmm. done that because their order of operations is different there yep this this might be the problem. They know literally nothing about this. And we'll find out um, very soon. I'm not going to 
quite reveal the secret yet, but uh, we, we find out that part of why their order of operations might have diverged so significantly from the way SGC thing does things is because of who they have influencing at the top right. at this base. Right. Also, to be fair, in this in the exposition you scene, Troy does also mention that their program is really, really new and it's only operating because she managed to convince people who wanted to use politics and information dumps to get weapons and technology. Uh, she managed to say, well, if we have our own program, we can get weapons and, and technology. Mm -hmm. So she already kind of set up the fact that they're going for, she's, she's setting up the fact that they're going for weapons instead. Mm-hmm. They're a lot more open to the scientific aspect, not just the military. And that's only because that's only thanks to their uh, their flagship team. Honestly, if they didn't have the people, the all of the people they have in SG One, SGC would probably be quite similar to what's happening in this Russia base. So they're doing like they're they're so she's she's frustrated about that and worried that obviously something happened with this, uh, and they're again. This is like a seemingly empty base full of dead people, and they're trying to figure out what the fuck went on. So they're doing like, they're splitting up into teams to like spread out through the base and investigate. And Jack and Teal go off near the kitchen. Oh, wait, no. No, this happens. At Sorry. They go in the sub first because this is happening at the same time. I forgot. So she says that they have to go uh, figure that they, oh, they do. They have their own version of a MALP, which is a nuclear drone. But they just sent a nuclear drone to a spot that is apparently self-powered. You just sent a nuclear drone. My favorite part is when, I, I know this part hasn't come up yet, but she says, you know, it's a power source. Sam will ask, you know, in a little bit, how, how, how do you know that? And she says, because, oh, not, not the nuke. And she says it's because it was maintaining a constant temperature. So it's an energy source, mm -hmm. literally ad emitting heat. That's your sole information at this moment. Yeah. And you thought that you'd send a lead and steel encased nuke that's large enough and powerful enough to maintain its systems for 10 fucking years. So stupid. So stupid. <laughs> you send uh, that. But you into know what? An I buy that the military source. would do that. <laughs> to an unknown energy source. I mean, seriously? But yeah, so that's when we, we find out about the drone because they're, they're getting a look at what's on the other side of the gate. Because they're still trying to solve why this gate won't close. And the drone is, like, she can't move it, but she can, like, pan the camera. And while panning the camera, she sees some of the people from the base apparently just walk through the gate into the water and died in there. And like, why would they do that? Why would they go through the gate where they knew they were going to die? Sometimes their purposeful vagueness thing is excusable. Mm -hmm. or, or will excuse a flaw. Yeah. Other times, no. This is a no. Because there's going to be a reveal in a minute that it doesn't not fly. Like, you can, you can drown in non-water. Like, you can drown in gasoline. Like, you can, you can drown in shit if it's not air. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's a liquid-based thing, you know? And it could be that these people suffocated versus drowning. All mm -hmm. you would need is a deprivation of oxygen. But... 
It sure as fuck looks like they are drowned bodies. Yes. And a reveal later is going to indicate to me that it isn't something you drown on. So why were those motherfuckers? I I have questions. I have questions, and I believe this to be a maybe flaw. I do have a kind of answer, maybe. I think it's a combination of a couple of things. I think, A, this was their first interaction with people, so they maybe didn't know it was going to fucking kill them. Maybe. It isn't not explainable. Yeah. But when, but when you go to the effort to say something on screen, I don't mm-hmm. care if it's later, if you're going to say something on screen that's going to counter-indicate other shit, you yeah. should also have the other balanced thing your 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 seesaw is all fucked up man i think if we'd had three minutes with this entity at the end of the abrupt fucking episode it would have answered all of this any interaction here's the thing i feel like robert c cooper was planning for it i feel like he was planning for it because of the lead-in that daniel gives that's why i i cannot believe that this episode wasn't hacked to pieces. I cannot believe the original form of this episode was not completely hacked to pieces by production. It doesn't make any sense otherwise, because why would he have Daniel give this lead-in that he's going to give later if he wasn't going to do anything with it? Robert C. Cooper's a better writer than that. So, yeah, but before... That's uh, that's later. So, they, they think that the only way they're going to get answers is, I guess, to get a new source of the energy... If that's what they decide more or less maybe not even bring it back but like study it at the source they decide basically oh no they have to, to turn off the idea thing. about what no they have huh? to turn off the thing because the, um, the, the so the signal oh, the, was oh, the, yeah they th- oh yeah there we, thank you i was like wait why are they going so they figure out because they're like well maybe it's like maybe the gate is staying open because of like an energy relay between your freaking drone and the energy in the water and it's just powering the gate like constantly sam says something on screen that we already have something that's already been made obvious to us but has never actually been stated before which is that well matter can only go one way but clearly radio signals can go both ways so if we shut off the drone and it Stop sending so you clearly a this signal for some. I like in, in, up until now this has never been an issue, but now all of a sudden we're discovering that if a signal is strong enough, it'll maintain. It it is technically like a it's like sticking your arm through. It's, it's somehow that is still equivalent. I'm not well, mad I mean, at the it. The mouse but were never powered by fucking nukes. <laughs> well, because no, again, it was the radio signal was strong enough because it was like sending. Yeah, a full but it's thing. a radio signal coming from a nuclear powered drone. I think that was meant to mostly indicate that the fact that, that that signal wasn't going to turn off anytime soon on its own. Yeah. So the strength of the signal was independent of the nuclear power. Well, I think I the think reason that it was that strong is because there was some byplay between the power source in the water, the energy source in the water, and the nuclear drone next to it. Maybe. Interacting with the gate. Technically, what I heard was that the signal the signal from the drone, literally just the communication signal, was too strong to allow the gate. It was basically an arm in the yeah. gate. Added to the fact that the gate was in constant contact with a literal power source. So was it was... Keeping, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was, exactly. so was going to maintain That's what I got out of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I got out of it, but I didn't get that the nuclear power was powering the signal itself so much as just being a nice little catalyst for the situation, or a capacitor, I should say. Well, I, I think that's me insinuating, but it just... Having a fucking nuclear drone next to the nuke part is still problematic yeah Yeah. (laughs) so they have to go shut it off is basically their solution so they've got one little mini sub that they can send through to go deal with this and jack's like huh how many oh and before they even get there they're like well obviously marina sardis is gonna have to go through 
And then Sam needs to go through because she's the other hard science person. And Daniel wants to go through because apparently there's been some, like, slight indications of some sort of ancient writing nearby. Like, underwater. I don't remember seeing it, but apparently it was there. There, there was stuff. There was stuff. There was stuff. And it's obviously... So that's why he wants to go through. I, yeah, because it's basically going to be his only opportunity. Because it, yeah, as, it's made, it, as it's enough. made fucking obvious to us, this is not meant to be a research mission. This is meant to be a, a technically a rescue mission mm -hmm. of Earth. <clears throat> I'm getting hoarse because I'm getting so mad about this. But here's the thing. Uh -huh. Here's what kills me about this. They're there for a really specific reason. They mm -hmm. know mysterious shit went down that hasn't been solved yet. They know that it's important what's going down on Earth, but they have no fucking problem just letting half their fucking team solo that shit on their yeah. own. Because mm -hmm. once they figured, once they, pretty quickly, they get the gate shut down, they do their thing, they get the signal turned off, and the gate shuts down, and you know th this part of the story starts to get going. But, yeah. but, but why? But fucking why? There's n I'm sorry, Daniel, but no. There, there's literally no universe where this would have made any fucking sense. You know, you, we don't have time for this, Daniel, because we literally don't have time for this. We have th three fucking people back there. Two. It's, it's just Daniel. It's Two. just Daniel and Teal. I don't know where I because I know of a third person are you later. Jack and Teal. Jack. Sorry. Yeah, I was thinking of a third person, but we don't know about the third person yet. There are two people they haven't even done a detailed sweep yet no they're doing the detailed so sweep they're taking the, the fucking time through. to go do this shit during i can't i can't i just what well that it makes no one, sense that is the dumbest thing i've ever heard that is the okay, worst I two, thing i could think i have to do. two i don't even call them defenses but points to make here a if there's a firefight how much fucking use is daniel gonna be anyway as cannon fodder, bare fucking minimum, more than not being there. My bigger point is, Marina Sirtis already said that the nerve gas got released through the whole base. So, they're clearly assuming everybody here is dead. It's an assumption, and it's a dangerous assumption. However, that's clearly what they're doing. Oh, yeah, no, I, 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 you're right. It is very clear, and that's why I'm mad about it. They're going off of that and nothing else. They haven't done a detailed sweep. They don't actually know that the water... They don't know where that fucking water sample is. Nope. When they when they go through, Daniel will say, like, we're counting five bodies, and Tilly's going to say something like, okay, that still means there's probably a bunch unaccounted for. And they don't even know where everybody is. They don't have enough information to afford them this quote, end quote, opportunity. It doesn't even make sense as like, oh, it's a fact-finding mission to help us figure out what the fuck went down. That's bullshit. That is fucking bullshit. You can go back. I mean, all you'd have to do is say, hey, Russians, what's the, what's the site you dialed to? Give us the coordinates. <laughs> it literally, not, not me misusing this word for once, it literally does not make sense for them to do this in the middle of a very important thing. I can only assume there's more cut out of the middle here. I can only assume. But yeah, so all the science nerds are going to go on the sub, and um, Jack has this fun little moment where he's like, oh, how many people can fit in the sub? And she's like, three. And obviously, the three people who are going to go in already volunteer. And he goes, ah, darn. I really, I've never been in a submarine before. <laughs> so this is my favorite thing about using multiple sites for trivia. Yeah. Because they're, uh, they're all people generated. So, so one has this to say about it. 
O'Neill remarks he's yeah. never been submarine before, apparently playing into Setlana's Russian humor, since both parties know he was aboard a Russian submarine. And That's what I got from yeah. it. Another That's... hypothesis is that it was... she gives him a little smirk yeah, when right? he says that. Another yeah. hypothesis is that it was a, a test for Svetlana to see how much, you know, Either she works, knew. works, honestly. Here's what kills me. Here's the other side I use. Someone's an idiot? Not they're an idiot, is that they vaguely missed the point. O'Neill is disappointed there isn't room in the sub and states he's never been in one. In MacGyver, he was almost killed in one. First of all, he's not disappointed. He's thrilled he's not going to be in the sub. He's clearly doing the odd dang. Like, he doesn't want to go in that submarine. He also almost died in a submarine in Stargate. Right, okay, so, 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 I like how you mentioned MacGyver, but not... Small victories. I just I, this that one cracked me up. I read that like four yeah, times before that's I was insane. I, I read that like four times because I kept just going, wait, what? That person is not qualified to be doing Stargate trivia. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so while the nerds are going off in the submarine to turn off the power source for the drone, the soldiers are finally doing a sweep of the base, and the smell of burning lures Jack into the kitchen where the oven has been on this whole time. And he turns it off, and you see these flower footprints on the ground. And I sent you a text, I'm like, oh, wait, I've seen these horror movies. It's a ghost. Because <laughs> that's how they always tell if there's a ghost. Because they throw flower on the ground so no, you're, the you're, footprints will go you're, through You're very, it. very right. Um, and there's nothing to say he didn't walk through flower and water pasting together. But I, I've never left that. Very <laughs> very solid I footprints. I just love how yeah. footprints in TV, movies, everything is always so beautiful, clear, defined, and so utterly not how matter transfer works. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so they go to, they follow the footprints to a big walk-in freezer where they find Mayburn, <laughs> just like frozen solid standing up. And they're like, oh, that explains how the Russians had all this information. <laughs> Like, instantly answered. It's like, oh, it's this asshole. <laughs> I really hate where they go with his storyline. Like, this <laughs> this really just... I understand, technically, it makes sense. Like, think about mm -hmm. it, you know? He was a staunch patriot who feels like his government is purposely being obtuse, and this is a betrayal of the values that he found But he did important. decide to go to the fucking Russians. So that means that they're no longer the country that he really serves, and so he needs, and he still believes in the core values, and he knows that there's somebody who is going to be, if he, if he can't do that here, he can do that somewhere else, and this, this is an opportunity that presented itself. If you want to say that, I, I could see that. I, and I, the reason why I was able to say that is because I've been desperately racking my brain for a couple of days. Yeah trying to make this make sense and that one isn't actually that bad and that could explain why someone who has been a patriot up until now like a, a self as i'm kicking my desk a self-quoted you know self-proclaimed proud american patriot mm -hmm. who wants to help america and save the world but the concept of that guy doing this I just don't know if I can buy it because it just has, it doesn't fly with anything that we've seen with him thus far. I mean, yeah, he's a weasel, but come on. The only thing that I can think is that he thought that at the end he could betray the Russians and take the shit. Oh, away. I'm sure he and thought he like could play it somehow. He's the... never not yeah. playing shit. This is really the part where it starts to become obvious that they are, they have no intention of using his character for any actual significant uh they have no actual purpose for him anymore because this is the beginning of the end for him after this it's mm -hmm. 
just, you know, stupid jail shit, and then that bullshit king of the planet thing. It's just yeah. stupid. And I, I just feel like they did a, a disservice to themselves, to the character, to Tom McVeigh. I just, I'm mad. I'm just mad. And it starts mm-hmm. here with this fucking freezer. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, they find Mabor in the freezer and they pull him out. Frozen Meanwhile, solid. back in the sub, they're heading towards where the drone is and, and the energy source and everything. And Maria Sirtis is finding that, like, it's harder for, like, she's pushing the power of the sub all the way up, but they're slowing down. So there's obviously, like, something that, like, she thinks maybe they're caught in a current or something that's pushing against them and they're struggling. And she pushes it so hard that some engine component in the back of the sub, uh, like, the, the, the screen pops off and, like, a small electrical fire starts. And they scramble to, to turn it off and everything. I, lo- I love Daniel. Uh, fire. Yeah, uh, fire. <laughs> I also love that uh, Michael Shanks is way too tall to be in a tiny little sub like this. Daniel's too Daniel uh, to be in this sub. Yeah. Daniel's too Daniel and Michael Shanks is too tall to be in this sub. But, yeah, they, they have... They- stop because of that you know like they turn off the power so she can fix it and everything um and sam notices she's like this is weird if we were caught in a current we should be moving backwards since our power is off right now and we're not we're just stationary and then they notice that like the pressure on the sub is starting to build yeah so they're starting to notice the pressure uh so yeah actually sorry that shit doesn't happen yet she's down fixing the engine uh, at the same time that Sam is noticing that they're not moving backwards like if they were actually caught in a current uh, would make sense. And while she's fixing the, fixing the engine, Daniel is like unhelpfully backseat observing and so, like, like makes some comment about its uh, stability. And she's like, oh, haha, is this a joke about Russian, Russian made technology being um, fragile? And he's like, oh, it, it, but he doesn't like quite. I think he says something like, sorry, I've been hanging around Jack O'Neill too much. He says something about, you know, how it doesn't work. And she says, if you're making a, a comment about Russian-made technology, I'll have you know it's it's Swiss. So it breaks, but it runs perfectly on time. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> and then she just looks at him and he goes, sorry, I've been hanging around O'Neill too much. And then Sam makes the observation that the pressure's starting to build on the sub. And Marina Sirtis is like, well, maybe the gauge is broken. And Daniel, without missing a beat, and perfectly innocent sounding, just like, like, like he's so earnest sounding, even though he's definitely not earnest, goes, but But it's it's Swiss. Swiss. (laughs) (laughs) I just, his delivery was so pitch perfect. I love him. No, no, he's always perfect. Because he just sounded so, he sounded like he wasn't being sassy. He sounded like he was genuinely shocked that something made by the Swiss could be malfunctioning. <laughs> no, he always combined innocence with just vicious sarcasm. It was amazing. He has been married to Jack O'Neill for, what, five years? Like, like he's, he's even noticing, wow, wow, I've been spending way too much time around him. But yeah, so they're, they're worried about the pressure building on the sub. So that's an issue at the sub, uh, with the sub team. Meanwhile, the uh, Jack and Teal'c have Mayborn out of the freezer. And I sent you this note uh, right around the time that we, they found Mayborn in the freezer. 
that between that and the people walking through the gate into the underwater to die, I was like, right now this episode is really giving me Dyatlov Pass vibes. Because of the fact that for so long it was like a mystery as to why these people just wandered out and like went into these these deadly weather scenarios to die and everything. And it just it has a lot of the same feel right now. <laughs> It's gonna. It's a wildly different answer to this episode than Diatlov Pass. I mean, honestly, not that much. They were under suffocating conditions. In this case, replace nerve gas with, you know, a surprise, unexpected avalanche. Well, it wasn't nerve gas that was doing this. Well, I meant like, you know, because at some point they talk about how a couple of guys were running through the gate because they knew gas was coming. They knew the extreme measures thing was coming, so they ran through the gate. I don't think that's. See, here's the thing. When they first talked about the nerve gas, that's why I thought they ran through the gate. No, he, However, uh, uh, Mayborn says it later. Oh, does he? Yeah. He says a couple ran through the gate because the nerve gas was being triggered. Oh, okay. I did not hear him say that. Probably because when Mayborn talks, I stop listening. <laughs> I'm, it's, it's a protective <laughs> setting. There's conditions that the despotism really... It, it, hell, they, we just did it in the Nazi episode where the guy knew uh -huh. the shield was going to be activated, but he still ran through the gate anyway because... Yep. What, what were his options? So what were these guys' mm -hmm. options? Stay here where the air is poison or go through to most likely also death? See, I assume that they were also possessed. So we find out uh, from Mayborn because he, he like defrosts and he's still alive. And he looks like, uh, shouldn't he be dead? <laughs> and Jack's like, yeah, he also shouldn't be breathing. But apparently he is. And, like, Mayborn, like, stands up, and he's, like, walking around, but he's acting very weird. He's not really talking- he's not talking to them, he's not really acknowledging them, except as barriers. Because he tries to walk in one direction, and one of them stands in front of him. And then he turns around and tries to walk in the other direction, and the other one stands in front of him. And then he, like, hunches over and vomits out this mist water kind of thing and suddenly mayborn is himself again how much do you want to bet this episode was originally going to be their shitty zombie episode because what was he Maybe. walking around like a possessed <laughs> shitty like zombie, zombie yeah mm -hmm. sci-fi zombie shit man yeah i i wouldn't argue with I you i don't know that. man i just get the feel that that was involved at some point in the planning process at the minimum i don't know but that getting especially with when you go with the version of um zombies because there's a lot of different types of like s causes for zombies in different in different um formats of genres uh and one of them is like a parasite kind of thing I mean, that's, we have a version of that in real life that's a parasite yeah, cordyceps. It's a zombie thing. Yeah, the cordyceps. But yeah, so he vomits out this weird water mist thing, suddenly becomes aware, uh, tells Jack he needs to, like, get out of there, and, like, shoves Jack with him back into the freezer, and just leaves Tilk to fucking die, supposedly. Which, you know, makes sense for Mayburn. He doesn't give a shit about Tilk. And Teal'c gets overcome by this weird water mist thing and suddenly becomes more, like, zombie-ish where he's just, like, upright and, like, very focused and just, like, walks out. And in the freezer, Mayborn kind of explains that, like, the water source that they got with the power, like, apparently, he, he gets this information from having been possessed. It's an organism of some kind that just wants to fucking go home and so when he wouldn't let him through the wouldn't let him get to the gate he had to find another way which was by possessing teal who no one can stop getting through the gate 
Oh, I like, by the way, how Junior doesn't help in this case. I like how Junior yeah. is always helpful until he isn't. I just, I just, I love how they maintain that. But because of this, this is why I thought those people who went through the gate were just possessed and the water just didn't realize it wasn't going to, that it was going to Oh, I them. totally get that. I, I had this, I had a similar idea too. I, I was actually kind of confused because I thought that was what was being indicated. And then Mayborn has his whole thing about how some of them ran through. He even says, I think, infected guys started running through to get away from the gas. So it, I think well, that mostly just Mayborn backs up. thought that's yeah. why. Well, honestly, I'm realizing now I might have just honestly misunderstood it because I think what he was, what he was meaning was the water wanted to get away from the there gas. There we go. And the people right. were completely That makes way more yeah. sense okay all right that actually honestly i like both of that because they were a lot less concerned about maintaining the health and safety it's not even like a dialogue mistake or anything too because he uh mayborn is speaking at that point as a formerly possessed person who was recently yeah, a shared consciousness Jack even says, how do you know all right. this so and like, he's like if he slips up in his pronouns a little bit and starts saying things like you know like he's like saying infected men so from there that perspective is the human perspective but then yeah. says they were trying to get away from the gas at that point he seems to have switched into the water, the water. Mm -hmm. but that would totally make sense yeah Okay, I actually, knowing that that part of the dialogue exists, I actually like it better because before I just assumed that the water were possessing them and taking themselves back home. So, so Mayburn tells Jack about all this, that the water was an organism that was possessing people and just wants to go back home uh, because apparently if it stays here too long, it'll die. I don't know how I know. It must have communicated it to me. I love how that's literally as much effort as they put into it. Meanwhile, at the same time in the sub, Daniel does his little leap of intuition thing again, which, here's the thing, it's definitely a leap of intuition. However, however, I also made the same leap of intuition before Mayborn started talking. Just from the hints I saw in the episode, I was like, it's a heat source, what if it's microorganisms in the water? I literally had that idea before the episode told me. So it's not a wild intuitive leap. So on that, it doesn't... So you coming to that conclusion makes sense. It's not an intuitive leap necessarily for the audience. It's not necessarily uh, an intuitive leap for people on Earth at the moment in the episode's timing. I call hard fucking pass on Daniel putting the pieces together, though, with his limited information. Because as far as he's aware, it's a maybe power source. There's people in the water. And then there was some resistance being felt. Yeah, you know what? He doesn't know about the stuff that they saw on Earth. Yeah, so it totally makes sense that you know. It totally makes sense that somebody on Earth could put these pieces together, too, because they have more information available to them but i do not buy daniel coming to this leap his leap is just wrong it just skips i do want to say pieces. that even without the information on the base the moment she said we know it's an energy source because there's a constant heat source i was thinking microorganisms yeah okay but that's a conclusion and that's something daniel knows about yeah that's he something knows he about knows about but there's I, I here's the thing mel i'm not mad about you coming to this conclusion i'm mad about him coming to this conclusion because it i'm does just saying not that there is enough for a leap of logic even for him because he knows about the heat as source. long as we're well yeah, yeah as long as we're I'm acknowledging, acknowledging that it's it a, leap, a leap and as long as we're acknowledging that it's definitely not the only one <laughs> 
Listen, that's what Daniel does in this show, is he makes the leaps of logic. Yeah, because I love how this episode, one glaring flaw it has to me, is that I'm pretty sure I don't remember any dialogue directly calling out this water being... Maybe they did, and I'm just being an idiot. But I feel like they never directly call out that this water is 100% non-radioactive of any of the radioactivity types. Um, I don't remember that either. Okay, so... But I feel like... I feel like the fact that they sent a fucking radio-powered drone through would kind of insinuate that it's not radioactive. Here's my second point. Here's my only other- this is my only real, like, actual logical problem with the, yeah. the conclusion, is microorganisms or not, bees are a hive mind. Mm-hmm. But we don't see them building skyscrapers. They're still no. limited to an animal classification. So they're uh, sentient, not sapient. Mm-hmm. So with that in mind, people, uh, I feel like sci-fi tends to do this leap where they're like, okay, well, there's a lot of them, potentially. This, to be fair, we don't mm-hmm. actually know that it's microorganisms. It could be a lot of shit. Um, I, I, it, could be, it could be a lot of shit. Uh, microorganisms does make sense, though. But let's, let, let, yeah. I'm just going with microorganisms. Let's say there's a lot of them, like a shit ton of bees. Mm-hmm. Why does everyone always jump to sapient intelligence? It's like in, uh, so like The Last of Us, that, speaking of cordyceps, the zombies in that are, are still base level because at most a fungus can make an ant crawl up to light mm-hmm. because like an yeah. organism, it wants light. It wants fuel. Yeah. yeah, fuel. And I don't, I dislike how everyone goes to, ooh, they're a hive mind and this is, so they're, they must be intelligent. And I'm like, or they're a colony of ants. Like, it could just be that, mm-hmm. like, yeah, great, they want to yeah. go home. How are they able to operate a humanoid body and make it operate a DHD and mm-hmm. do all this stuff? I'm not saying it's wrong that it can. It's just funny how it can it's just funny that yeah. it does and it it bothers me that they just there's this is not something you can just vague everything about no not to this extent i don't think originally it was vague everything yeah but so yeah so this this whole like it's just uh, the the intuitive the leaps the leaps are insane to me because he's like because he, daniel will say shit like oh it must be an, or it must be alive it must be you know whatever whatever because it just wanted to go home the resistance you felt was it not wanting to leave it's like okay that one is the only one of these i can kind of understand but even then i would still mm-hmm. think like maybe magnetic or something <laughs> or maybe it's new chemistry with new like bonds between them i don't know mm-hmm. if i'm explaining something that would be accurate there but like what if the bonds are strengthened <laughs> between their you know attachment you know between their molecules so yeah. shit goes i just you 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 don't know and that is a fucking leap man and then i just love how it happens to be right yeah so daniel makes the leap to hey maybe th- maybe it's alive both of the the hard science people are kind of doing your job right now in the sub where they're like that doesn't make any sense daniel <laughs> like they try for like a second to but they don't have time this. is the problem because the pressure is exerted so much on the sub that the uh the the bubble dome part the the viewing dome is about to crack daniel's like well you know i mean <laughs> it's kind of that whole well i'm gonna fucking die anyway so let's test my theory <laughs> and as the glass shatters, the water forms its own bubble. Yeah, it doesn't like to keep them from drowning. It just doesn't come in. It maintains its pressure, like its the structure. like uh, the the you know those fucking bugs that can run across water because of yeah. the water tension. Water Skeeters. tension. There we go. 
I was thinking, of the, I couldn't think of the water surface tension. tension. Surface tension, yeah. <laughs> surface tension, thank you. Surface tension. Yeah, it maintains, maintains its own surface tension. But yeah, so, uh, and they're like, oh, uh, and I think the moment the water forms a shield for them, the hard science people start to go, I don't know, maybe Daniel was right about organisms. And maybe it's a deer. Like, you, you, you don't know. I mean, what else are they going to do right now? Oh, I know. They're holding what looks like extinguishers or something, because they also don't have a better plan. So No, here's the thing. I don't think those were extinguishers. I think those were freaking mini air breathing. Oxygen tank. tank tanky I, thingies. Cause, Whatever cause they she ha- hands yeah, them yeah. out, and they look at her like, at this pressure, and she's like, like it's well, all yeah, we Okay, got. that makes way more sense than <laughs> extinguishers. All I saw was a tank, and I got excited. The point, it looks a lot yeah, like an extinguisher. It doesn't even matter. The tank. point is that she was also aware it was ineffectual. It was more yeah. about, the, you know, the, the... Again, people always do that kind of shit, and once again, I have to point out, just like when they thought they were about to get fried by the super fire of a fucking rocket, I like how they're going into, like, protection mode, and I'm yeah. like, bitch, how is that... If I think that's me, I'm walking to the center under that underneath the middle one, and I, oh, yeah, I so if I hear and instantly. if I can hear a yeah. countdown, I'm waiting till one, and then I am fucking jumping, jumping. because are you shitting me? <laughs> I'm not gonna prolong this in any way, shape, or form because death is certain. <laughs> so if I think death is certain, I'm definitely not gonna be prolonging it with a tiny little like oxygen canister like that. It's like no, let the pressure take me; it'll be faster. I mean, <laughs> people are different. People have different drives to survive. Oh, yeah. Plus, I can, t- I can talk yeah. big because I've never been in this situation. Let's watch mm-hmm. me be the one who's, like, struggling the most, and I'm, like, fighting and killing yeah. everybody else around me. Like, no, fuck you! You know? <laughs> Turns out I'm literally the fight or die. You know? Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> um, we, all, like, yeah. we all think of ourselves differently. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, uh, I just, I love how they see this maintain its structure. Also, by the way, you mentioned surface tension. This thing is holding what looks like surface tension. And Daniel, once again, this is honestly on point for him, but still, I love not it's only very is he un- I was about to, to say, this people. is so Daniel, and it's so stupid what he does. I'm sorry, and do I- you know humans who like to be touched by strangers? I-, I don't know a lot of them. So why would you think an alien? If you think this is an alien life form, why the fuck is your first thought to poke it? And also, if it's a surface tension of a liquid you don't understand, why is your first thought to poke it? There is no reason to poke it. I feel like he was having flashbacks to the fire and water episode with that remember how he got out literally just by poking through the window and swimming up oh yeah i feel like he just had flashbacks of that and he's like it worked out last time and he literally just shoves his hand through and he's like i think we're he basically is like oh yeah i want to try and communicate with it or something and say hi say say words Use it's insane, words. but it's so Daniel, and at least the other two people in the sub with him are like, Daniel, what the fuck? You're a linguist. Use your words. He never does, because this show knows Michael Shanks can't do accents. But yeah, so he sticks his arm through, and then the thing just starts to like suck him all the way through, and then the... The other two, Sam and Marina Sirtis, are like, shit, and try and yank him out. And instead of, like, yanking them all the way through the glass dome to the outside, the water just, like, travels down Daniel's arm to consume them inside the sub. And then they get pulled out that way. And then we don't see them. We just see them get yanked out back at at the gate. Apparently, at this point, the water has figured out oh, these people will fucking die if we take them through, so I just want you to take me to the gate and then I'll be cool. <laughs> just take me to the gate. 
and I'll get out on my own. Thanks. And so as soon as Tilt gets into the gate and dials through, it leaves him and goes home. Honestly, they might have known that it would kill him the first time round, but when the nerve gas but is, they were your, is your opportunity. Well, it's like it, it looks like it takes more than a couple of seconds to evacuate the body, so mm-hmm. they probably just literally were on a time yeah, crunch. Yeah, didn't have the time. It was yeah. it, either we take it's the fair. time to leave your body and we both die, or I take you through and only you die. Either way, yeah. you're dying, motherfucker. Exactly. Fair enough. That water did. And what honestly, it had that's to. not my problem. You should have come and stolen me. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah. So, and. Jack, because as soon as he, as soon as Mayborn start stopped giving Jack the rundown of what happened, Jack was like, "Screw you!" and left the freezer to go after Teal'c anyway. So Teal'c is Jack is there when Teal when the water leaves Teal'c and Teal'c becomes himself again, and he like Teal'c had to like crouch down to vomit it all out, and so Jack comes to see him on the ground and like talk to him and like, "Oh yeah, you're you're better now." Blah 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 blah. And then while they're on the ground talking, like crouched on the ground talking. The gate dials through from the other side, and so they're like, "Hey, let's crouch!" <laughs> and like they duck so that the gate thing will open above them. I like that framing. I think that filming shot is really good, where they just he didn't bother to get up from talking with him there, and so the gates dial like through, and he's like, "Hey, let's duck!" <laughs> and they just duck in the same shot. I like that shot. That's a good shot. So, with the exception of a few people. I know I mentioned before how I, I'm always upset with the lack of uh, safety zones around yeah, yeah. Uh, the thing. So, like, with the exception of, like, SGC and, you know, a couple of societies that have, it like, on a raised, like, dais-type situation, uh-huh. most of the time this gate has the dialing device. Not okay. It's not like it's bad having it relatively close because you have to dial and just walk through pretty quickly because it yeah. only waits so long before it gives up. I'm not angry about that, but what I'm angry about is the fact that this is almost always on ground level. And how many times has somebody just been walking by? Because no one on their end is dialing. And they're just yeah. walking by, and all of a sudden, vortex! Like, you get a second's warning. I bring back my first argument before of what if you're deaf or blind or, yeah. you know, yeah. what, or, or what if you're... <sighs> what if you're talking to somebody or shouting, or there's a crowd, and your back is to the thing, and you don't notice in time, and oh my god, now you're vaporized, like, you know? Yeah. It just, it really fucking cracks me up how many people did not put these things in a safe place. Nope. But the Russians know what this thing is, so why didn't, not only did it not put up any, any sort of raised or far away kind of thing, but they put it in a tiny ass little room, too. Like, there wasn't Mm -hmm. even a lot of room for the gate, much less no. to not be in its way. Like, at least with the, the uh, repurposed room in Colorado, at least it's a big There's fucking room. a lot of open space yeah. for that gate yeah. room, yeah. So it just, cracked, it just cracks me up. It's like, wow, once again, everybody's just like, oops, vortex alert. Yep. So the vortex opens from the other side, and the three scientists, the three nerds, just get chucked through the gate. <laughs> just thrown through <laughs> And Jack's like, didn't you guys go through in a submarine? <laughs> and they're like, uh, yeah, last thing I remember was being on it. And, uh, and then literally the episode fucking just abruptly ends with Jack being like, I think we just did a hostage, uh, swap. Okay, so this indicates to me that not- That's all- how the episode ends! <laughs> so this indicates to me that it's so much not water that they can't- It basically looks like it's just energy that looks like water. Because they're able to be transferred through it, physically, 
they're done so in a way that they can't remember. So at the very least, they're put into so they're either put into some sort of stasis-like condition where they can't make a memory, or they're being affected in real time that doesn't allow them to make a memory, or they make a memory and the memory is then interfered with in some way, mm-hmm. or something I can't think of. Doesn't matter because any one of those things describes not water, <laughs> and they're be they're tossed through not wet. Here they they come through dry. All of this tells me it's very much not water to the point where why aren't the other guys tossed back? The first group that's over there supposedly drowned since these guys were clearly held in some sort of suspension. The organism didn't believe didn't realize cuz here's the thing. I don't think that all of where the gate opens onto is just that organism. I think they do live in water. I think they were just transported so mixed in, in and it's the like organism. the osmosis or something. Okay, I mean, yeah, yeah. I have to get over it and just go with it. But it just cracks me up the difference between these, these. Like we're like told these guys drowned, and then we're given a very physical example of that not being something that would make sense. Well, to like me. I said, I think they just didn't realize that humans would drown coming through. No, like I know, that. no, no. That, that part I'm not mad about. It just there's so many whys. There's so many whys. Well, that's the thing. The fact that, like, this episode literally ends with Jack saying, I think we just had a hostage negotiation. You know what normally happens after those? Some talking. Not always. Not, well, not always. Okay. Sometimes it's literally not if, just not a Not if there was exchange. aggression from the beginning, but there wasn't. This was a misunderstanding. Yeah, but what happens if the water plant is xenophobic? Like, what if they don't well, give a fuck? They clearly aren't because they returned them. Maybe they're just worried that if they don't return them... Okay, so the first time round, they killed the guys, right? And then more came. What if they're thinking, okay, well, this time we'll give them back alive and maybe they won't come back. Like, maybe they're just thinking maybe, about different, you know... but at the very know, least, you'd variables. have to find that out. And you don't know that unless you actually try to communicate with them afterwards. Well, you wouldn't have to find that out. What if you're gambling? Of. What if you're saying, okay, so the first time round, we killed them and they came back. So now if we give it back, maybe they won't come back. And it's either they don't come back, which is, yay, it worked, or or they come back, in which case well, then we'll, we'll deal your, with it. You wouldn't send a person through right away. You'd send some other source of a message through. I think they just don't want anybody coming back. I think they just don't want anybody coming back. I think they're just... Well, I'm not talking about the water. I'm talking about SG-1. Oh, I think they're not going to poke a bear. Anything. Yeah, I don't think I just. I think they just don't want to poke the bear, because at this point... Why look a gift horse in the mouth? They ha- they have seen nothing. They've seen nothing that indicates to them that there's anything worth going for, like money, like mo- not money, but, uh, weapons or whatever. Not really. And what they have seen is a clear indication of some form of death. I think they're honestly just hedging their bets at this point. At the very least, you would still have a debrief where you tried to figure these things. Oh yeah, out. no, sorry, that part I'm not wor- not arguing with. Sorry, I was I was just arguing about them not going back to the planet. But no. Th- th- they, they definitely have an argument. That part doesn't make sense not to be shown. There's That part's still messed up. Yeah. Because the ending is so insane. The ending is so fucking insane. Yeah, no, the fact that we never see the planet again, I can totally understand why. But the fact that it's never described or explained, and it's just You know stupid. some editor thought it was so cool to end it on the line, we just had a hostage negotiation. I sure hope not. <laughs> but yeah, you're probably right. Oh, God, almost three hours. All right, let's do this, let's do this. So, yeah, sh- shitty ending. Uh, well, let's see. Death tallies. Nobody on the main team dies. Tilk pretends to be a zombie for a little bit. <laughs> That's the closest we get. Are you a Jack or are you a Daniel? Uh, I It's not like I didn't know this question was coming. I just really wasn't that prepared for it. Uh, you go first. I have to go with the Daniel. Partly because, like I said, 
before the episode told me, I did make the intuitive leap of what about microorganisms for the heat source in the water. I had already made the same fucking leap that Daniel does in this episode. But also just, A, the whole, sorry I've been hanging around this person too much <laughs> with the whole sass. And just, but it's Swiss. <laughs> Honestly, in those situations, I would not have been acting like that because I—that <clears throat> isn't the time and place for quips. It's that's also me, though. <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying for like for me, my my, my mental state. Yeah, yeah. I, I wouldn't be quipping. That also there. works be, for me. I would be trying to do something, literally anything, even if it's just thinking about what's like like when hell, like when Sam and you know and uh, Troy are talking about how they're gonna die, and Daniel goes, "Can we can we stop talking about that?" I might say maybe stop talking about it. Like that might be as close as I would get. Mm -hmm. But a lot of the smart ass oh, okay, it's a lie, I'd be a shit. Okay, no, I would definitely yeah, still would. be a smart ass, don't get me wrong. Um just don't think I'd poke the bubble. I just wouldn't be the one who pokes the bubble. That's just super against my nature, so I can't. I will really say, say Jax, that. if you say uh classified, I will shoot you. Sounds very much right, like Right, he's you. still definitely quippy. Uh I was definitely already kind of leaning towards him, I think mostly because his smart ass was a little bit more down my uh <laughs> I call it my little shit alley. Mm -hmm. in my head because it's like when she says you guys have hazmat and he goes yes yeah, someone should have been prepared that's <laughs> that's kind of me he just he just doesn't make he doesn't make that many pulls and i would have i just would have fucking shot mayborn so i guess honestly at this point it's not whom i most like because like i like the things they do so much as i just can't stand one or two things they did more than the other um in this case mm -hmm. i would not be poking the bubble i don't care if, let's say <laughs> i did make the leap i still wouldn't be touching them i'm a fucking linguist mm -hmm. and i have indicated at this point that i'm able to speak i would have attempted literally anything at this point before <laughs> touching the bubble especially since we have indicated that it's not water the reason why he touches the event horizon is because it's it looks like water and he's aware that it's a gateway Mm -hmm. But this is still completely new and alien to him. This is only alien to him at this point. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he has no reason to be poking shit, in my opinion. Like, from my perspective. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess I'm going to go with Jack because of the other stuff. Fair enough. All right, uh, so this is the tricky part. Walking Phoenix for this episode. Meh. It's meh. Okay, I was... I was going to wait to hear your feedback, but I really was leaning towards meh. No, I just literally forgot I could do meh for a second. I was like, it's not good, but it's not bad. <laughs> so... Yeah, exactly. That's the thing. There are some fun, good, clever things in here, but it's chopped to pieces. Remember I told you that thing I always kind of think of it as? is from that book I read once where the guy's looking at the canoe and he goes, well, it's not bad. It's not good. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. And here's the thing. I definitely didn't dislike this episode as much as you did. Because uh, I, I got to hear about you complaining about it before I watched it. And But that's the thing. I'm usually a lot more easygoing on an episode than you are. And even I was like, why the fuck does this scene even exist with the, the, the airplane jumping thing? I'm like, why does this exist? You know? And it, yeah, it's just... It's unfortunate because you can see signs of the good writer, Robert C. Cooper, in this episode. And they just keep getting, like, stomped down on. Like, there, there were sparks of, of inspiration that they went, oh no, fire, and stamped down. And <laughs> they do their best with what they have. Yeah. I think, I, I, I think meh is fair. Oh, it's... no, meh is definitely fair. Like, uh, th that, that's yeah. almost generous. 
I think the only reason it manages meh is because the actors are doing their best and Martin Wood and Robert C. Cooper are still good enough to put little salvaging pieces into it. No, there was plenty to compliment. It just, They're good enough just at their craft that they managed to save it from bad, just barely. <laughs> it was struggling against the current. Yes, exactly. But I'm... <laughs> I'm glad you went, you went with meh. Because I, I was like, am I going to have to argue her to a meh? Because I really don't feel good putting it in bad. <laughs> it's, not, it's not bad. Just, it's not good. Next week, we are covering season four, episode eight... The first ones. Oh, shit. And cool. The summary for this episode is During an archaeological survey of fossils on a gold planet, Daniel Jackson is abducted by a fearsome humanoid creature, prompting SG 1 to embark on a mission to free him from his alien captor. But Daniel soon learns that the creature's intentions are not at all what he thought. Spoiler I unadulterated adulteratedly love this episode it's an awesome episode <laughs> i i love it so much finding out who wrote this episode makes sense because i think a lot of and i'm not gonna spoil that i'm gonna leave it for next week but i think the spirit of why i love this episode as much as i do unironically is in the same spirit of why i love 80s films that unironic love of the spirit of a lot of those 80s films i invest it in the same love i have for this episode i i deeply love this episode <laughs> and i'm excited for it this is the one with the uh, chaka right yes yeah then uh then yeah i know why I you're love excited this episode. Uh, i cannot wait yeah no it's a great episode it's a cute it's a cute episode it's so cute it's yeah i'm so excited oh i'm so excited about this episode so yeah that's next week i'm so freaking excited uh it's probably gonna be a long episode just because i'm gonna be ranting about how much i love it when we get there but until then if you want to get a hold of us you can find me on twitter at it's mel not List, or our podcast twitter at point of origin pc you can also email us at point of origin cast at gmail.com or write something on the side of a tissue box and toss it through the nearest wormhole you can find links to things we talked about during the show in the show notes. And if you like our show, please don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. Thanks for joining us on our incursion through the iris, and until next time. <laughs>